the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church The following is an introduction to a podcast and its purpose detailing what I believe very strongly the cause of an entire culture without the presence of Christ and His Word. The question is, why do we have 60 million dead children? Why are we sitting on the blood of so many innocents? Many people have fingered the problem differently. The diagnosis and prognosis changes from prominent theologian to armchair layman. John MacArthur says that the problem is that Christians don't know who God is, then offers to sell you his book explaining God because, I guess, the Bible doesn't really do the trick. Abortion is not the worst problem. It is the worst result of a much bigger problem. Russell Hunter, the visible leader of Abolish Human Abortion, rightly details abortion as the foul fruit of the rotten roots. His guillotine-like solution of immediatism and his grassroots new model army structure is forcing Christians everywhere to come to terms with a dormant church that should have been doing this 40 years ago. I once heard a politician ask, when speaking about Roe versus Wade, where was the national outcry? The answer is simple, but it is not easy. It boils down to not a faulty view of God, not a turning away from his word, not a more powerful opponent, not a lack of witnessing or church attendance, not the rise of public school indoctrination, not the pharisaical celebrity pastors. These are all results. Consider that before the 19th century, Christianity was a victorious church. Revolutionaries converting entire societies and cultures to Christ during the greatest century of missions. Islam was all but gone in the early 20th century. Some mission organizations figured the entire globe being reached by the beginning of the 21st century. Until then, it was just maintenance. What changed? What stopped the visible advancement of God's kingdom? Why did the church transform from a Schwarzenegger to a Wienerschnitzel? In Western culture, anyway. The answer is this. Premillennial dispensationalism. Yes, my friend, it's that simple. When one tears back the blood-stained cloth that the West has thrown over itself to hide its wickedness, revealed underneath is a church that sat back and watched it happen. A neutralized church. A passive church. A lukewarm church. A church that has tried to embrace only light, forsaking its saltiness for the sweet nectar of acceptance into the arms of the one who has declared war on it. This has been a direct result of premillennial dispensationalism. You see, it is the church's responsibility to engage the gates of hell. The civil magistrate has not been called to do this, nor the family, nor one single person, though they all engage in this activity. The body of Christ has been delegated this, and also the responsibility of keeping the other governments in check. But who keeps the church in check? The church is subject to the authority of Scripture, and more specifically, Christ himself. The members are to be accountable to him, and to one another as well. The foot must work with the hand, the arm must work with the fingers, the eyes must work with the ears. In so doing, a natural checks and balance system is in place to ensure equilibrium, humanly speaking. The body, then, is a well-oiled machine used to further the kingdom of God, from saving souls to civil justice, from godly parenting to godly stewardship, from the call of the minister to the call of the artisan. All sciences, arts, philosophies, and culture falls under the umbrella of the church's calling and care. There is no thought that the church must not take captive for Christ. I am speaking now of the invisible church, not one particular denomination or congregation. But what if the body was uniformed in a different way, in a negative way? What if, instead of the members communicating life to each other, they communicated death? Consider the coach of a sports team. If he goes into a championship with a team telling him, we will lose, there is nothing we can do, it's all part of a bigger plan, the sooner we lose, the better, on and on and on. Do you think that team will win anything? Now, instead of limiting it to a team, broaden that approach to an entire religion. 
and this time include the coaches as the leaders of this religion who are also saying the same thing. Figure a religion that purposely works in a plan of defeat and suffering as the end game of its own people. The head of the body has some words for us. The gates of hell will not stand against the church. Notice he doesn't say the gates of hell will not stand against me. He does not say the gates of hell will not stand against my word. He says the church. The church, by the grace of God, following in Christ's wake, will defeat the gates of hell. My friend, premillennial dispensationalism is the one-two punch that has effectively rendered the church down for the count, all the while making it believe that it is still useful. It is not. What we are seeing all around us is the useless salt being trampled underfoot, just as Christ said it would be. Dispensationalism properly applied says you must not and cannot engage or affect change in the culture, while premillennialism says it is too late. Dispensationalism consistently applied says look around, we are in the age of grace. Stick to your own salvation and see to the salvation of others. All else is folly and chasing after the wind. Premillennialism says the worse the better. Christ is coming back any minute now. Just worry about the immediate people around you. Don't plan for the next generations. Don't believe me that people are saying this? Talk to Matt Truella. He often talks about people coming up to him and talking about this, using it to justify the wickedness that goes on in this nation. This is not to say that all people who adhere to these doctrines are ineffective or lukewarm. Great strides in Christendom were made by people who did not even believe in a victorious church. The problem lies not in the personal subscription, but rather a corporate subscription. An entire visible church that believes in its own uselessness results in the society that we see today. Because of our adherence to these doctrines, the church has sold its birthright of protection and authority over the family and civil magistrate for the porridge of its own kingdom and righteousness, seeking it first rather than God's. Just like Christian and hopefuls trek back to the exact spot from whence they strayed, so too the church must retreat from its doubting castle doctrine of despair back to the straight and narrow path of victory in history. Until this happens, abortion, pornography, pedophilia, homosexuality, idolatry, statism, public indoctrination, theft, and whatever other corporate sin that pops into your mind will go on unchecked. In light of these things, the purpose of this podcast is fourfold. The first purpose is to further the kingdom of God by offering a Reconstructionist worldview on current events and popular topics. Every Reconstructionist has been stirred to action because their view of Scripture demands a response. But the response is not an ivory tower approach. The Reconstructionists have seen the destruction around them and have concluded that this is not all part of the plan after all. Their theology is a desire to apply the full counsel of God to every aspect of life, even the unpopular parts. By doing so, they have taken every thought captive in a comprehensive sense. The purpose of offering a Reconstructionist worldview on society is to take the ivory tower theology out of the hands of the celebrity pastors and institutional church and give it into the hands of the invisible church. It is a streetwise theology. The second purpose is to lift the veil of Christian statism off of the good people of this nation and point them to God's word as the first, final, and only authority on justice. Great people whom I admire, like Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh and Steven Crowder are all statists in some form or another, be it ever so mild. Their final appeal to justice and government theory is not the Bible, but 1950s American rhetoric. They want to go back, but we should go forward, fully knowing that if we went backwards, the same avenues would be followed to the same spot. The answer is not politics. It is the lawful use of God's law. This is the essence of theonomy. The third purpose is to destroy the chains of lukewarm Christianity, namely premillennial dispensationalism. This theology and its corporate application has excused all, and I mean all, 
of the corporate wickedness that we have seen in this once great nation. The visible church has done nothing to stem the flow of wickedness in America. Nothing. The downfall of America and civilization as we know it has been figured into more prophecy charts than you can shake a Schofield commentary at. It is the post-millennial worldview that must replace this nonsense. A positive, historic, and most importantly, Bible-based doctrine of Christ's authority and kingship throughout history and in all areas of life. The fourth purpose is to provide entertainment. Yes, entertainment in the form of movie reviews and conversation. The Agents of the Silver Screen offers a comprehensive approach to redeeming not the movies themselves, but entertainment culture. I do not know one single Reconstructionist who is not into movies, to be quite honest. And combined with the fact that I was homeschooled makes it doubly relevant to this podcast. My friends, unless the institutional church comes to terms with its apathy and indifference to a culture run amok, it will never understand what abolish human abortion and others like it are all about. It will also never assist them in their endeavors either. This is not the first time that the institutional church has been so universally corrupt, however. We were in a very similar situation 500 years ago. The institutional church tried to stop Martin Luther. It failed. A new church was formed. This will probably happen again in this nation. To clarify, none of the theology listed above will save us, only Christ and his word. But if the Council of Nicaea taught us anything, how a nation or a society responds to God's word can come down to a single letter being the difference between conquering and catastrophe. By the grace of God, we will see reformation in our lifetime. But we will never see reformation if our theology demands that it is impossible or too late for it. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. In the name of God, amen. Be strong and courageous, my friends. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com and thinkandreform.org. Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows. Or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.